0: I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. Get your Bibles out, get your devices out, and let's get ready to get into the Word of God. We've got such a great crowd here in the sanctuary. I do want to pause and say hello to our online family. Everybody that's watching at Harvestina.com, Facebook Live, or YouTube Live, we're glad that you're with us. Everybody that's here in the sanctuary, let's welcome the online family today. Come on, let's show appreciation for them here today. Um, hope to see you all out tonight. It's going to be a great time. Let me mention this before I give my a message. Uh, those of you that are observing, I don't know if you've noticed the construction that's going on back behind the church building. This is something we've been working on for like a year and a half. And we finally jumped through enough hoops with the city of Enid and, you know, dotted the I's, cross the T's that we're, uh, hopefully this week they're going to be pouring the foundation for a 50 by 80, what we're calling a storage building back behind back here. Part of it will be storage, but part of it will be just some open space to use for some ministry stuff. So I'm excited. Been a long time coming. Uh, so those of you that see that, that's what's going on out there. I wanted you to know about that, all right? Let's pray and uh, get, uh, get ready to receive today. Father, we do, again, come to you, Lord God, just recognizing that you are the lead pastor. You're the chief shepherd of this ministry, Lord God. Lord, I, Tam and I so love these people so very much, and we appreciate the shout-outs, Lord God, and just th- the love that we've felt here today. But Now, Lord God, as we dive into what I truly believe is a word in season for us, for so many that are hearing my voice right now, I would ask that you help us to Hear what you want us to see, Lord God, and uh, Father, just let us dive into a greater revelation of who we are in Christ, Lord, giving us the eyes and the ears to see and to hear so that we may apply your word to our life today and walk in the fullness of all you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody say it with me, amen Amen. and amen. You can open up your Bible with me here, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. I'm gonna close out a series that we started out a couple of weeks ago entitled The Haunted Heart, The Haunted Heart. And we've looked at a couple of different things over the past couple of weeks. We started a couple of weeks ago talking about dealing with the ghosts of the past. Come on, we all got ghosts of the past that we have to deal with, right? Last week, Kinsley so beautifully brought a message about really dealing with the perception of the present. And again, let me just mention this. Many of y'all have asked, thank you for allowing Tammy and I To go to First Missionary Baptist Church last weekend. We had a great time over at First Missionary Baptist Church. It was awesome. Oh, look at there. I even got pictures of that there. So uh, I I do got to share this. It's just one of those things that just caught me by surprise. Uh, Whenever we walk in there right with services beginning, I went to sit on the front row like I always do here. And they said, no, pastor, you're coming up to the stage. And they had this great big old chair off to the side uh, that I sat in right there. So I really felt out of place for a little bit there, sitting in my chair. But uh, the picture that you're seeing on your screen right now, you know, uh, that is really stretched white, so I look really short and really fat. So (laughs) I am not that short and I'm not that fat. Y'all laugh. I'm not sure how to take that. (laughs) Okay, let's come back in. Let's write it back in. <laughs> Thank you for that picture, media department. We'll talk later. <laughs> Evan, did you take that picture, by the way? Oh, that's Tammy. Okay. All right. Let's look at Proverbs chapter four. Let's dive into, because I want to talk here for these few minutes we have remained together today, about the terror of tomorrow, the terror of of tomorrow, Let's look at our foundation passage of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 4 starts out in verse 20, New Living Translation. My child, pay attention. Look at your neighbor beside you and tell him, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Some of y'all really enjoyed that. Just a little too much, didn't you? My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully, he says, to my what? To, to my words. words. Verse 21, don't lose sight of them. Let them Penetrate deep into your, everybody say it with me, heart. Verse 22, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Verse 23, come on, let's all say this out loud together. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Our heart, our heart determines the course of life our life. Our heart is the core of our life. Just as the engine of your vehicle that you drove here today is the core of your vehicle, and how many of y'all know it doesn't matter how nice a vehicle you have or how bad it looks or how clean or how dirty it is, if your engine is not functioning properly, you will not get where you need to go. How many of y'all know that? Amen. But It's just the same way in our heart, the condition of our heart, what's going on on the inside. What's going on on the inside determines really what you experience on the outside, but too many people are living it backwards. They're allowing the outside, the circumstances, the situations to dictate to them how they feel on the inside. That's backwards. If we are really kingdom people, then we need to understand the most important aspect of your life is not about what's happening to you, but it's about what's happening inside of you. Come on, anybody with me here in this place today? If you take care of the engine of your car, you know your car is going to get you from point A to point B. Amen. But we see the same aspect in our life. We've got to understand that if we'll take care of the heart issues, if we'll take care of the internal, if we'll take care of the core, then we're going to get where we need to go in life. Because it's really the core of our life, what takes place in the core, in the heart of our life, that develops our perception. And Kinsley talked about this last week. I'm not going to go back and rehearse what he talked us about and taught us last week. But our perception, our perception comes from what's going on inside of us. And it's our perce- perception that produces the actions of our life, the way we act. And it's the way we act that then produces the results of our life. And I've been saying this in this series, too many times we're more concerned about behavior modification than going to the root. You know, as parents, I remember when our parents was at home, uh, when, our parents were home when our kids were at home, and as parents with kids in the home, let me say it that way, that there was many times that their behavior would cause a reaction in us. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. But you know, it didn't take too long in our parenting skills to realize that if we need to see a different behavior in our kids, we need to go to some root issues. We need to go to the core because you can only modify behavior long enough, right? It's easy to modify your behavior. And it's kind of like this, you know. I've I've been in ministry all my life. I can't tell you how many youth camps I've experienced, how many men's retreats I've experienced. I can't tell you how many really just spiritually uh, rich environments that I've been in in a church service. I've seen people, if I could say it this way, just get high on the Holy Spirit, get so jacked up on the Holy Spirit. I love those moments. As a pastor, my greatest joy is not necessarily you coming and sitting in church, but my greatest joy is seeing life change happen in you. But I'll be honest with you, because I've been in ministry for so long, I hate this part of my human nature side. I can tend to be a little skeptical with people because I've seen it happen all my life. You know, we just came off a men's retreat. We had 30 guys go on this men's retreat. Absolutely life-changing, was it not men that went on the men's retreat? thank you for those two amens right there. So where's the rest of them? You know, Okay, come on now. But it's life changing. But I'll be honest, when I was coming home, I mean, every one of those guys that went on ministry, man, they, they were changed. I mean, there was life, ex, there, there was a Holy Ghost experience that they had. I'm like, man, their life can't help but be changed. But there's that human side of me that I hated me because that's kind of, we come back and I'm like, man, I just, this thought in my head goes, man, I hope it sticks. I hope it sticks. Because I hate it when somebody experiences the presence of God, they get just messed up by the Holy Spirit in a good way, and then they come back and they go right back into the same way they were living. Come on, how many of y'all know there's something that needs to change? So it's not just about behavior, it's about the core, it's about the root issue of our life. True change takes place as we allow God to work on the internal side of us. True change, let me tell you, in your marriage, husbands, wives, you can, behave, you can modify your behavior, but if it's not in your heart, it will not last. Husbands, we can pick up our dirty underwear and take it to the laundry for two or three days in a row, but if it's not in our heart to do, how many of y'all know? You're going to start leaving it laying around the house again. Now I'm preaching now to somebody. <laughs> Come on, true change has got to take place on the inside of us. Amen. So I want to just nail down here the terror of tomorrow. What does your tomorrow look like? Now, I'm not talking about Monday. I'm not talking about November, November 1st. Isn't it weird to say November 1st already? I don't know. It is for me. Hard to believe tomorrow is the first day of November, but what does your tomorrow look like? What are you facing this coming week? What challenges lie before you? And most likely, there's a majority of y'all that are hearing my voice right now. You've got a Something in your future, there's a terror that is haunting you. There's something that maybe you're worried about, something that creates some anxiety, something about your future that you may be uncertain of. If you'd allow me just to be transparent as a pastor, there are some things that I am facing that I have got to address this week that I am not looking forward to it. One of the things that I've got to address this week is I'm trying to establish what is our 2022 budget look like for the church as a whole. Now, for you, they're like, oh, hey, that's no problem. Here's my issue. How do you take a large vision and put it in a very limited budget? Anybody facing that at home? Anybody trying to make your money match your heart? Anybody trying to, you know, make your month last as long as the money lasts, you know, and you've got a discrepancy? I, this is a legitimate issue because I tell you what, we've got an incredible staff that are not paid very good. And there's more staff that I want to add for the vision of the church. And I'm like, how, we can't pay them. And so this is a terror that I face. How do, take, how, how do you take a $2 million vision or dream and put it into a little bitty package? I don't have a genie to do that like Robin Williams did and you know at Latin, you know. But it's it's like you know, it's it's you know, and then we still face this um, mentality that church has lost its value in our culture in America. Come on, anybody like me, you was raised in church, and if you ever miss a church service, you feel like you don't get struck by lightning, anybody in with me? I mean, I was like Then what happened? COVID happened. We didn't have church for six weeks. And we all realized, I I, I didn't come to church for six weeks. I'm like, I didn't get struck by lightning. Wow. It must be okay to miss church. You know, even today, I mean, online experiences, I struggle with with church online. I do. I'll be honest with you. I'm too ADD to sit in front of a phone or a computer or a TV and sit and watch church. I mean, I know we got a lot of people watching church. I'm not belittling you, but I'm glad that you tune in with us online. Keep watching online. But if I watch an entire church service, you kind of got to tie me into a chair, take my phone away from me because I'm like... I get through worship and then somebody starts preaching. And I'm like, oh, you know, I think I need to take care of that. I need, to, you know, anybody else, you know what I'm talking about today? So I'm facing this just today. You know, we're, we're trying to reestablish it, putting a value back into people's lives of what it means to come to the house of the Lord. And again, if you can't come to the house of the Lord, please tune in online. If you have a struggle, tie yourself in the chair. Why is tie your husband in the chair like you may have to do to me if next time I watch online. But what, what is it that you're facing that's creating some anxiety in your world? Is there something that you're dealing with? Is there something that's a big question mark in your mind right now? Let's, let's take a look. We'll look at Matthew chapter 6 with me here if you turn over there to that passage. Because if, if we're going to learn how to deal with the terror of tomorrow, we need to understand a kingdom the kingdom perspective of tomorrow. Now, again, when I say tomorrow, I'm not talking about the literal day, Monday, November 1st. I'm talking about what lies before you, the tomorrow of your life. So let's look at what Jesus said. So simply, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, I love this passage of scripture. He starts out in verse 25 and says, He says, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Look at somebody beside you right now and tell them, Stop worrying. He says, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the birds. They don't plant, they don't harvest, they don't store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? What do y'all think the answer to that question is? Yeah. Come on, everybody say, yes, I'm more valuable. Okay, let me try that one more time. Come on, everybody say that. Say, yes, I am more valuable. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Verse 27. Can all your worries at a single moment of your life, can all your worries, come on, where's all my worriers? Not warriors, but worriers, people that worry. Come on, where's all the worry? Come on, how many of y'all, if there was a gold medal in worrying, you might be in first place. Come on, I'm talking to some of y'all today. Can all your worries. Verse 28. Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Verse 29. Yet Solomon and all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Verse 30. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Come on, how many of y'all know that's true? He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Verse 31. Don't worry about these things. Come on, everybody say, don't worry. Don't worry worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of who? Do you see that? These things, leave that scripture up there for just a moment. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Now, I know a high percentage of people, just because I know ministry, the high percentage of people that I'm speaking to right now are believers, there's a small percentage that are unbelievers, okay? So, let me just make this statement. If you are an unbeliever, first of all, we're going to give you a chance at the end of the service not to be an unbeliever anymore, to be a believer, right? But a lot of y'all that hear hearing my voice right now, you've already crossed the bridge. You went to the cross, you crossed the bridge, now you're a believer, right? How many of you are glad you're a believer? Okay? So, let me make a statement. If you're an unbeliever, you have the right to worry. Come on. If you're an unbeliever, you have every right to worry worry away. Have at it. And let me see how, let me know how it works out for you. But if you're a believer, Jesus said the thoughts of worry and anxiety, yeah, that's for the unbeliever. But if it's for the unbeliever, who's it not for? It's not for the believers. Come on. How many of y'all love Jesus in this church today? Let me hear you. Come on. How many of y'all are believers in this church? Let me hear you. Yeah. So in other words, he said again, the thoughts dominate the, these thoughts dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, come on, look at it. Seek the kingdom of God, what above all else, and live righteous. In other words, just love God and do right, live right. And he will give you everything that you want. No, everything you what? Need. There's a whole difference between wants and needs, and I don't want to dive into that right now. Everything that you need. Verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today, right? The terror of tomorrow. Anybody in this church have an older sibling that when you were young, they would terrorize you with the thoughts of what could be under your bed at night? Any of y'all was the older sibling that terrorized your younger siblings about what could be under their bed at night or what could be in the closet? I remember those days. What was it that would strike fear? Now, listen to me. Fear comes from the uncertainty of what could happen. In other words, all based upon what could happen, what might happen. That's where Worry and anxiety, have. let me rephrase that. Worry and anxiety is based in fear. All worry, all anxiety is all rooted in fear. Fear, what is fear? Fear is an uncertainty of the unknown, okay? Somebody here this week, you got a bad report, uh, a medical report, what happened? If you don't deal with it properly, suddenly, because of what could happen, what might happen, it created fear in your life. Somebody, you got a late notice on a bill, you got an unexpected call, you owe this, and you're like, I don't have the money. Suddenly, if you don't handle it properly, if you don't handle the circumstances properly, you look at that like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough money to pay for that. What are we going to do? What happens? Worry and fear. Anybody relate to what I'm talking about right now? So fear, you gotta understand this, the terror of tomorrow. But Jesus just said there through Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about tomorrow, right? So let's just dive into this. Because I believe for us to walk in victory, which God has a plan for everyone else to walk in victory, there's two characteristics of the heart that we've got to have. The number one characteristic of the heart we've got to have is this. We've got to have a heart that is free. Have a heart that is free. How in the world can we have a heart that is free from worry and fear? Well, let me tell you, it all starts with where Kansas left off last week. We've got to know who we are in Christ. If you was here last week, Kinsley gave the whole list of the I am scriptures. I believe that in the church in America, not only are we a distracted church, but we also are losing our identity. Our identity is being stolen. You know what I'm talking about? Stolen identity. You know, digitally, you know, you can steal your bank account, all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the identity of who you are in Christ. Because who are you in Christ? Come on, if I was to come up and ask you who you are, Usually, immediately, the response is, well, I'm Brad Hall. I am live in Enid, Oklahoma. I'm the pastor of a church in Enid, Oklahoma. We immediately start identifying with who we are in the natural, do we not? But who are you? If you peel back to natural and the spiritual, who are you? You're an overcomer. But let me tell you, bottom line is we're sons and daughters of God. We're the children of God. If you're a believer, you're a child of God today. Come on, where's all my parents? Is there any parents here at World Harvest right now? Let me see. Every parent wave at me. Come on, where's all the grandparents? Grandparents wave at me? Oh, come on, that's the greatest group right there, grandparents. Aren't you glad you didn't kill your kids? Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to start with grandkids first? Yeah. Yeah. Never would have had kids. Anyway, let me just rephrase that. No, just kidding. Just teasing. Any parents or grandparents you have any problem with your kids knowing who they are and you? Listen, all my kids are out of the house. We're empty nationals. I love it. I love it. Uh, my twins, Brooke and her twin brother, they're going to turn 30 in 19 days. Yeah. And somebody looked at me and said, he doesn't look that old to have twins that old. Thank you and bless you for having that thought. (laughs) Somebody like, yeah, you look that old pastor, especially with that beard you're growing. So anyway, um, even still today, my kids, they don't knock on the door. They just bust in. I'm going to have to change the code of my door if I want privacy in my house right now because my kids know who they are, and they'll, they'll come in when they want. They don't have to ask me if they have permission to get in the refrigerator. They're all over in the place, man. The kids. That My kids have a great revelation of who they are. I, I, I love this story of uh, Pastor Mike and Tamara. I love the video that was on the video there. Uh, Mike and Tamara, they, they served here at World Harvest Church for 18 years. Now they're pastoring in Enid. Or excuse me, in Stillwater. Uh, so they served in Enid for 18 years. Now they're in Stillwater, pastoring the World Harvest Church of of Stillwater. But several years ago, some of y'all that's been with us for a long time, remember old building downtown? Uh, Those of you that didn't have church in there, bless your heart, man, you're not missing out on a thing, let me tell you. Old crickety building, the north wind would blow, you'd feel the wind blowing through there. I mean, you'd walk on the floor, there was no even spot in the church. It's just crazy. But there was a little office back in the back that we never used. And so Mike's daughter Tamara and Rip Yoakum's girls, they was very young at the time. Uh, So they got to playing after church one time, and they got into this office that the door handle was broken off. And they shut the door and they were locked in the room. They couldn't get out. And so Riff Yoakum's girls, this is backwards. Is Caitlin back here in the back? I don't know if she's still back in the mid- I mean, she's a little bitty girl. Her and her sister, they just started crying and started freaking out Oh my gosh, we are locked in this room. What's going to happen to us? You know, nobody's going to find us. We're going to have to, you know, we're, we're going to die in this room, you know. And uh, <laughs> Brianna Sturgeon, uh, Mike's daughter, looked at him and said, Listen, quiet down. She said this. She says, I know my daddy. My daddy's going to come get us. You know what? A matter, of five minutes passed by. Pastor Mike's, where's Brianna? Where's Brian? Where's the girls? He went and found him, realized it was locked uh, in the room, got a screwdriver, opened the door, got him out. Brianna's like, I told you so. This is what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying. Do you have enough confidence in your Father God knowing that the situation that maybe you put yourself in, that your Father God's going to come rescue you? Do you have a boldness to say to the world around you, listen, I may have got myself in a mess, but I know my daddy. My daddy's not going to leave me out alone. My daddy still loves me. My daddy's going to show up. My daddy's going to open the door when it doesn't look like there's anyway. My daddy's going to make the impossible look to be possible in Jesus' name. Come on. Anybody have enough confidence in your Father God that your daddy today? Come on. If you do, let's give The Lord, some praise. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise today, amen. We got to have a heart that's free. Do you know who you are in Christ? And I think I need to do a series on that. Who are we in Christ when you lose sight of who you are? Yes, you will be in fear, you will have anxiety, you will worry when you don't know who you are. And that's one thing I've learned about being a parent and a grandparent we love our kids. Even when they're stupid and do wrong things, we still love our kids. Amen, brother. Amen. But listen, this does not exempt us from doing what we know to do, from doing what is right, amen? This does not give us the permission to freely live a careless life and expect God to clean up the mess we make. Remember, seek God and live right, live righteously? There's a part that we do play in this. We gotta work on this thing. Now, thank God for his grace, because everyone every one of us have had some stupid moments in our life, right? I'm not the only one, am I? But thank God he still loves me in the midst of my mess, in the midst of my mistakes. Amen? But too many people are living life burdened down. Is there anything burdening you down? Are you under financial pressure today? Are you under relational pressure today? Are you under a family situation today? Let me tell you, how do you handle these things? Philippians chapter 4 gives us, gives us the definition, gives us the answer. Look at this passage of Scripture with me here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. There we see it again. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what does he say? Come on, what does he say? Pray. Pray Pray about everything. If there's something you're being tempted to worry about, what do you do about it? Come on, if you're having some financial difficulties, what do you do about it? Come on, if you're having somebody, a child acting stupid right now, what do you need to do about it? Pray. Come on, now. Come on, when you have a pastor like me on the stage, what do you do about him? Pray. Thank you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Verse 7, look at this. Then you will experience what? Anybody want to experience some peace in your life? Yeah. What's their pre What's with it. What's the prerequisite for God's peace? I know, I just messed y'all up, didn't I? Come on, what's the prerequisite? See, you guys got me doing it now. What's the precursor to experiencing God's peace? Pray. How's your prayer life? You and I have learned if I'm effectively praying, I'm not going to be worrying about things. Yeah. When you're tempted to worry, let it drive you to prayer. Amen? You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will what? Guard your what? And your? Where's the biggest battle we face? It's right here and here. It's Right here and here. But this is what I don't. You get this right, this will line up. Too many times we're letting this dictate this. But let's get it right here and let this dictate to this. Right? Pray about it. You experience God's peace, right? Go on. Let's move on. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Look at this. What does he say? Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Come on, somebody say that. Say, "Fix fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, lovely, admirable? What is he think? Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Listen to me. What you give attention to produces in your life. If you give attention to the negativity of what could happen, what might happen, you know what produces fear. Fear always nullifies faith. They're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but fear and faith work the very same. Fear is just the counterpart to faith and way. Well, how does faith work? Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, one, real quickly here. Let me just start wrapping this up. See, the first thing we got to have a heart that's free, but number two, we got to have a heart that is hopeful. So let me just transition to this, just make a few comments about being hopeful. Hebrews chapter 11, one says this faith is the confidence that what we what what we what hope for will actually happen in other words if fear is an uncertainty of the future then faith knows what's going to happen in the future now i'm not saying crystal ball this is weird it is exactly no i'm just saying that i know that god's going to work the situation out i can either stand in faith knowing that god's going to take care of me he's going to help me to get through the problem or I can stand and say, God, I don't know, man. I don't know if you're going to be... God, where are you? God, I don't know. I may be broken. God, maybe you forgot about me. Fear of faith. Fear of faith, right? Fear always nullifies faith. And let me tell you, Hebrews 11, verse 6, if you go down, down there, it says this. It says in verse 6, it says, we got to have faith. Without faith living within us, without faith living in us, it would be impossible to please God. We come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who, I love this, passionately seek him. There's a lot of things in our world right now that are creating fear. This is the key. This is the, this is the, the changeover. This, this is the benchmark. Which one are you giving attention to? Because what you give attention to, depending on how you're perceiving it, this is why Kinsley talked about your perception and your reality. If your reality is based upon the word of God, then it's going to create faith. Fix your thoughts, fix your mind. What are you inphyxiated upon? Listen, if all you're doing is watching the news, if your focus is on the news, let me tell you, you are going to be in fear and I'm talking about both sides of the news whether it's CNN or Fox News you're going to be in fear what are you fixed upon man I'm an advocate man we got so much technology and so many resources man you ought to be listening to at least one podcast a day and worship music at least two hours a day what are you fixed upon If You will listen to the Word of God. If you'll fix your eyes on the Word of God, let me tell you, it's going to produce faith. And faith is the culture for miracles to happen. Faith creates an atmosphere for God to show up and to show off. Faith. Which will you live in, faith or in fear? Pastor Badge, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Let me be... Don't... This is not an insensitive statement. I really don't care what you're going through. This is the key. Just go through it. Let God take you through it. Because my my, my most concern is you, where you're going now, and what God's going to do in your life. Come on, we all got some life. We all got experiences. We got, all got stuff. We all got the ghost of the past. But let's get free of the past, man. Let's get a free heart and let's get a hopeful heart and let's just get ready. Let's just show up. Let's just walk with God every day of our life and see where God leads you. Amen. I love what Proverbs 16, 9 says, a man's heart plans its way, but it's the Lord who directs his steps. Come on, how many of you know the Lord is in the step directing business here today? Amen. Let me close with this. A couple years ago, actually, several years ago, right after we had started the church, we had a a family uh, coming to our church a husband and wife, and uh, the mother, and several other people coming, all this large family coming to our church. Well, you know a couple of weeks ago i shared a real personal story drill it was very transparent something i had to deal with early on in the days of the internet but kind of the same situation with this husband and wife the facebook was just really coming onto the scene well this wife she connects back with a former high school boyfriend and along the shore of the story uh huh that's right uh oh it was right uh oh happened so she decided she's going to leave the man that's at her home that she uh, was taking care of her, that's bringing on the paycheck, to go back to a high school fling. I'm like, hey, that's really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go back to high school fling. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's, some of y'all just need to forget about high school. Come on, you're adults now. Let's move on, right? <laughs> so anyway, I'm sitting with this guy in the office, and he is devastated. He loves his wife. Yet his wife has left him for another man. I mean, you know, that's tragic. It's sad. I began to try to minister to the guy, and I, he's just, man, the guy was distraught. He's like, man, life is not, the guy was suicidal. I mean, really, if I, being a young pastor, I kind of missed some from flags. I, I probably don't know what I know today. I mean, it was the point. I probably should have called some people and said, this guy's, make sure the guns are out of the house. But I kept mentioning the guy and he's like man it's over it's done I'm sad I can't go any in the day longer I mean this is she's, she's my love she's my world and finally I said listen dude you gotta understand something she's made a choice it's her choice it's not based it's not you that didn't reflect it's, that was her choice she made and this is what I told him I said listen I need you to understand something you will love again I can guarantee it he was a young guy I guarantee it you're gonna love again you're gonna love again And uh, because of the dynamics of her family being several other members of the church, of course he did, it happens a lot, you know, he stopped coming to church. We weren't doing two services. I tell everybody now, listen, we got two services. Just you pick one and they pick one, but still come to church, you know, (laughs) instead of having multiple services. But anyway, it didn't seem like five years. And then five years I ran into him. I'm like, look at him like, dude, you look good, man. You've lost weight. And he had the biggest smile on his face, just full of joy. Come on, you know when you look at somebody if they're full of joy, right? i was like, dude. I said, what, 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 what happened? And he said, when she left me, my life fell apart. But he said, you told me I'd love again. He said, it wasn't but a few months later that I met another woman. And we fell in love. And we got married. He looked at me and Pastor, he said this. He said, Pastor, I didn't know it could be so. I was like, I told you so, man. I told you so. Amen. Listen, life happens sometimes. But he went from a place of no hope to realizing that, man, if he would just trust God, God would bring him through. And he did it. He did it. The terror of tomorrow. Some of y'all being terrorized. But let me tell you, you don't have to be terrorized by the fear of tomorrow. Amen want you to stand to your feet with me here. I just want to pray over each and every one of us here today. I don't know if this message just spoke to your heart and what he's spoken to your heart. This is what I know. This is just what the Lord started my heart to bring to you and I today. So I know it's for somebody. you got to understand your best days are ahead of you. Come on, there, there, there's somebody here this morning. You need to hear this. Get your eyes off what happened and fix your focus on what God's going to do. He's going to bring you through to a place of freshness, of newness. He's going to bring you to a place that just like I told you the story, you're going to look back and say, oh, my goodness, I didn't know it could be so good. But you hang in there. Don't let worry, don't let fear steal your faith today. Bow your head, let me pray for you. Father, this is just what you stirred in my heart to bring to each and every one of us today. And Lord, as I close out our time together here, I know that there are many that are dealing with some terror of tomorrow. There's worry, there's fear, there's anxiety attached to that, Lord God. Lord, help us to trust you, our Father, Abba Father, You are our God. You haven't forsaken us. You love us. You care for us. Lord, even in the craziest of situations, you have a way through it. Even when it looks impossible, you can turn impossible things into possible things, Lord God. Even when it looks like the end, Lord, you have a way of starting a new story, a new chapter. Lord, we're your children here today. We love you with everything that we are here today. I want us to all say this. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Lord, I know that you're going to rescue me. I know you're going to lead me. I know you're going to take me to a new place. So, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I refuse to worry. Come on, I need you to say that again. Say, I refuse to worry. I need you to say this. Say, fear, I will give you no place. I will not give you my focus or my attention. Say this. I say, I choose to stand on the word of God today. And say this. Say, I stand, I'm standing on a greater revelation of who I am in you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, work every situation out. Direct my steps beautifully. It's all going to be okay. Amen. Amen. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestinacom connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenid.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.